just pause for a moment and, and just ask the Lord to speak through me through what he has to say. It's not my words, but it's what God wants to say to us. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this moment. We thank you for this time that we can be attentive to your word, Lord, and attentive to what you want to say to us this morning, Lord, that you want to speak to our hearts, Lord. You want to confirm even what you have been saying and confirm even more of what you're saying to us, Lord. And so, Lord, we come humbly before you, Lord. We come with a heart open, with attentive ears, Lord. And we say, Lord, I want to receive from you. And we thank you, Lord, that you're faithful to hear our prayer. And we just give you all the praise and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, some of you may wonder, you know, for those of you who don't know, I have to use technology. I'm sorry, I, I wish I could use the Bible. Uh, you know, that would be my preference. But I have to, to be able to see uh, what and sometimes technology doesn't always work just right and i understand that and uh and i'm trying to figure out what's going on here so just you know i figured out what was happening and let me see if i can turn this off it's the computer was just going on. And it was just typing. And I'm figuring out, what in the world is this doing? Well, it has a microphone. And the microphone on my computer was turned on. And so it was typing everything I was saying. <laughs> I thought, man, God, you're, guilt you're going after it, man. Uh, said, man, I don't know if I can follow and catch up, keep up with you. Uh, so, but I want to take the moment to, to we, we're going to talk about what the what I believe the Lord is leading us to here this morning, that he's called us to be skywalkers. That's the title of our message, skywalkers. And so I want to kind of, confirm to you what, what I mean by skywalkers. Now, I know a lot of you have have flown in jet airliners and and as you were traveling, you were flying, going up higher and higher and you go through the clouds and you're setting up on the clouds. And there's, there seems to be no beautiful sight than look out your window and see all of these clouds just under. You can't even see the earth underneath the clouds, all you see is the clouds. And it's so gorgeous and beautiful. And, uh, and so that is an awesome sight. And so that's what I thought about. It is God's called us to be skywalkers. And uh, you know that one of the things when Jesus left, he was descended when he left this earth. He was lifted up. And the scripture says he, he disappeared up into the sky. And the disciples were sitting there just looking, you know, where did he go? Two angels appeared to him and, and said, 
The same way that Jesus left, he's coming back. So he's coming in the clouds. And so I wanted to re redirect our thoughts to this scripture. Many of you already know. It's in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And it'll be up on the screen. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 15. We tell you this directly from the Lord. This is directly from the Lord. Not opinions, not what somebody else says. But we tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangels, and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we shall, then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other's with these words. So this is an encouragement. And so when we, when we think about being skywalkers, I want you to picture this with me. We're up there, you know, as you were riding that sky, and I, I was just vision walking on those clouds. And make, even like this, this picture, this guy jumping from cloud to cloud. But I want you to also vision there's coming a day when we're all going to be joined hands and we're going to be dancing around dancing around in that cloud with Jesus. What a, what a glorious day that will be. What exciting, you know. And so that's what our destiny is. That's what we're called to be, skywalkers. Hey, anybody don't want to be a skywalker? We all want to be skywalkers. And so that's what we're going to focus on this morning. And you pray, how do I get there? How do I get to this place that we can be skywalkers? And as Ron mentioned earlier in, in what he believed the Lord was saying, he's called us to rise above the things that are going on around us, things that are going on earth. We're not to be dragged down by those things, but we are to be lifted up. We are to set an example of what it is to be citizens of God. Amen. We're, we're not citizens of of America, I mean, we are citizens of America, but what we really, truly are is citizens of God. I am a child of God. Everyone say that with me. I am a child of God. So we're going to talk about three things this morning. Our purpose, our faith, and our destiny. And I believe that each one of these build off of the other. Okay, so we're going to start with our purpose. What is our purpose? Did you know that before you were born, Christ had already died? I want you to think about that for a second. Christ had already died for you before you were born. So then what was the purpose? The purpose was for us to know Jesus, to experience Jesus personally to not only just hear about Jesus and uh, we hear stories of what he'd done, but to get a hold of the truth 
that our purpose is to know Jesus and to know him intimately and not just know about him. You know, we, we can go to church and we can hear about all about Jesus and everything, but do you know Jesus intimately? And that's what our purpose is. That's what our desire is. That's where it starts. God wanted us to come to this place that we choose him. We choose Jesus. So that's the first step, is that we come to this place and we say, you know, we go through trials and somewhere in our life we come to this point where we say, I choose Jesus. I'm convinced that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. I believe what it says in the Scriptures that He died for me. So can we all say that together? He died for me. Okay. It's sometimes it's hard for us to really sink that in. God loves me. He loved me. I, we can say, yes, I know God loves you, but sometimes I wonder, does he love me? Yes. We need to settle that in our heart, that Jesus loves me. Now, the way that we can do that, the way that we can get to that point where we really understand that, we need to understand that when Jesus came here on the earth, that he walked in a human body just like yours and mine. We're in this body. Now, in this body, we understand there are feelings, there's personalities, there's character. We get angry. We get upset. All of those traits that Jesus had. Now, we have a tendency to put God up on this pedestal that we're having a hard time reaching. Putting this, putting this, you know, coming in contact with that. But the first step in getting to a place where we can really know Jesus is if we got to understand that he was human. He was in this human body. He was God in a human body. He did that so he could identify with our struggles, with our temptations and trials and stuff. So there's nothing that we go through that Jesus doesn't understand. Amen? So we need to really sink that into our heart. I understand that Jesus knows my trials. He knows the things that I'm going through. He's not this God that doesn't really understand. And so when we come to this place where we can understand his humanity, then we can begin to understand that his personality, his, his, the things that he likes, the things that he laughed about. Did you know Jesus laughed? Do you believe that he laughed? I really believe that he laughs. He's got a sense of humor. Believe me, he's got a sense of humor. And he does laugh. He laughs at some of the things that we do. <laughs> and he, he, he is totally human in every way. And once we begin to, to relate that, then we can become in more in contact with Jesus and we understand 
his personality. And so I want to encourage you to, to do everything you can to identify with the humanity of Jesus. Because once you do, then you'll start being able to have this personal encounter. Now, let me tell you this. Jesus reveals himself personally to each one of us. The way that he revealed himself to me may be totally different than the way he reveals himself to you. And uh, we've all come to this trust in the Lord in a different way, in a different role. And we can thank God that it was the Holy Spirit that, that led us to that point where we could do that, where we could make that decision because that was the Holy Spirit job is to get us to this place that we can accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior and we can begin to know him personally. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to reveal Jesus to us personally. I'm, th I'm thinking about this story about, you remember how Abraham told his his uh, servant, Finus, I believe is his name, and he told him, I want you to go and I want you to get a wife for my son. And so he goes and he finds Rebecca. And he takes Rebecca and he's bringing him back to Isaac. And I believe on that trip back, that the finest servant of Abraham is telling Rebecca all about Isaac. So the, by the time that she meets Isaac, she, she's already know, knows a whole lot about him. And she has fallen in love with his personality and characters of the things that he knows. And she's looking forward to that moment that she is with him. And, uh, and so that's what the Holy Spirit job is for us. He wants to... He wants to reveal to us what Jesus' personality is, what he's all about. So that is our purpose, that we come to this place, that we know Jesus, we accept him as our Lord and Savior, and we come to, uh, to fall in love with Jesus. That, and what I mean falling in love with Jesus you know, just like in any relationship, when you fall in love with each other, you want to spend, you can't spend enough time with each other. Everything you want to do, you want to share with each other. And so when we fall in love with Jesus, he becomes our whole life source. He becomes everything we do. Every, when we get up in the morning, we say, Lord, I, my desire is to do nothing but to please you. I want everything that I do today, I want it to be pleasing unto you. And I, I can remember my mom was such a great example of this. And she lived her life uh, before our family, before our church family. And she was, she was constantly working hard, pleasing people. I often wonder, Bob, why do you do that? And this was her response, and she was also teaching it to me. She said, in everything I do, I do it 
as I'm doing it unto the Lord. And that's our, that should be our response in every, and that have instilled in my heart as a young man that I, everything I did, I want to give it all I had because I was working for Jesus. And so we understand when we do that, when we have that relationship, then there's a blessing that comes with that. That Jesus is saying, oh, I'm so, you know, he can't help it because he is, he is, he has this loving relationship towards us. He desires that so much from us to, to have an intimate relationship with us that it pleases him. Pleases him so much that we come to this place, Lord, I love you and, and what I'm doing, I'm doing it for you. And so there's, there's this blessed relationship. So a lot of people say, well, to be blessed, you know, is to put God first and everything, yes, but to be blessed is to have a relationship with Jesus that he's all, he, he's all you desire. You don't desire the wealth of this world. You don't desire anything else. Nothing on this world can compare to Jesus. Amen. Amen. He is our Lord and Savior. We will not put anything before Him. So once we get that foundation down, once we understand, yes, I know Jesus, I've experienced Jesus, then there's, there's no way anybody can convince you that there's another God. Nobody can get you off straight. You can't get sidetracked or anything else because you say, I've experienced Jesus. I know there's a God. I know there's Jesus. He lives within me. Don't you tell me there is no God. Because I know. I know that there is Jesus. Now, once we build that foundation, then it gives us confidence. It gives us uh, confidence in who we are. We are secure. Not insecure. We're very secure in who we are in Christ. Then that takes us to our next level, our faith. And our faith is, is birthed off of our relationship with Jesus. We're able to come to this place where, yes, Lord, I can believe in you. I understand you are the creator of the universe. You created everything. Nothing was not created that you didn't create. You spoke it, and it came into existence. And so we, we really get a hold of that and understand that because of our relationship with Jesus. And now we have faith built up in us that we can say, God, there is nothing impossible for you. Absolutely nothing that you cannot do. And so we have this confidence in who we have, who we are. So I want to read this passage of scripture with you. Uh, many of you have known and read. It's in Matthew 14, verse 22-33. through Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. And while he, he sent the multitude away, he went uh, and when he had sent the multitude away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when even came, he was alone there, but the boat was now 
in the middle of its sea, tossed by the waves, for the winds were contrary. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, This is the ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And so he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to come to Jesus. But when he saw the winds were boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they came into the boat, the wind seized. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Now I want you to know that when Jesus told disciples to get in the boat, cross over to the other side, most scholars believe that was probably around, in our time, it would be around 7 o'clock in the evening. Jesus didn't come to them walking on the water till somewhere between 3 and 6 o'clock in the morning. Okay, and so by this time, the storm has arrived. The storm is, is really boisterous. And then you can see they, they were questioning, oh, is that Jesus? How could that be Jesus walking on the water? Is that a ghost or, or what? And then Jesus, they heard Jesus' voice. And this is so important for us. If we're going to believe for a miracle, if we're going to be able to step out of our boat and believe for God to do miraculous things in our life, the first thing we need to hear if we need to hear Jesus' voice. We don't need to step out on our own. If you step out on your own. <laughs> but once we hear the voice of the Lord, then there's something arising us that, again, what we said earlier, our relationship with Jesus. Then we have this strong foundation that I know Jesus' voice because we spent a lot of time together. And I know when He speaks that I can act. On him, but we, but some of us, we come to this place, and I've heard this said many times. How do you know you hear God's voice? How do you know for sure? I mean, I'm I'm asking God to show me His will, and it seems to be so hard. And I told him, no, it doesn't. It don't need to be hard. He just needs you to come to this place that you have a relationship with Jesus, that everything is about Jesus. Now, I want you to understand then that all the miracles that Jesus did here on earth, and He did them all differently. I mean, He did them all different. Some of them, He put clay on their eyes. Some of them, he, uh, the leprosy, He come and He touched Him. All the miracles were unique and special for that individual. But you know what? All the miracles that Jesus did was to point people to Jesus, to put their faith in Jesus. 
See, we, we, we sometimes, we get short-sighted with this. We think, well, you know, a miracle is what this person needs, but yes, a miracle is what a person needs if it's going to bring him to Jesus. If it doesn't bring him to Jesus, the miracles is, is, are those around him. If it doesn't cause him to put their faith in, in Jesus, I, I wonder what's the use. And I came to this conclusion with, as I was spending time with the Lord about this and, and reading in the Scriptures, you know, I asked this question to God. Lord, why did you raise Lazarus from the dead? Why did you do that? He was dead for four days and you brought him out of the grave. And Jesus said this. He said, I said it in the scripture. <laughs> I said this in the scripture that, I mean, Jesus said in the scriptures, he said, Father, I do this miracle so that they may believe in you that you are the Son of God. And that was why the miracle was performed. Did you know that? Do you, do you really understand this? It's not in the Scriptures, but Lazarus had to die again. He didn't get to live forever on earth. He still had to die again. So then that caused me to say, okay, I don't understand what the purpose. Jesus said, he says, it's because you put so much emphasis on this earthly body of ours. And you need to understand, yes, I am concerned about the things you go through your body, but more than that, I want you to put your faith and trust in me. This body is going to die. It is going to die. So what good is a miraculous healing if it doesn't change people's lives? Because that's the eternal blessing. That is the eternal miracle that God wants to do. So having understand that, then we, we come to this place that we say, well, Lord, I only want to do what you are doing. And so it causes us to... It's the same relationship that Jesus had with his heavenly father. He says, I only do what I see the father doing. His mission was to get people to believe in God. That is still the same today. His mission is to get people to put their faith and trust in God. And so knowing that, out of our personal relationship, you're going to hear me keep coming back, out of our personal relationship with Jesus and and this intimate knowledge that we have to him, then we're constantly saying, Lord, what are you doing? What do you want to do in this situation? We don't want to be so quick to, to throw in what we want to see happen, but we want to see what God wants to see happen in every circumstances, in every situation. And this is what God wants to do in, when he does a miracle in this case. Jesus gets out of the boat. I mean, I'm sorry. Peter gets out of the boat. The rest of the disciples are staying in the boat. Why didn't they jump out on the, on the water too? Man, that would have been a good party out there on the water. They were all jumping. Well, we're walking on water. <laughs> we, this is good stuff. And it would encourage each other's faith. But 
they, what, we have what we call the boat sitters. They like to sit in the boat. They said, go ahead, Peter. Go for it. We'll watch. We'll see. We'll see what you do. So many times we, we have that same mentality. Go ahead, Pastor. Jump out there. We'll see. We'll see what you do. See what happens. We like to be observers. We like to say, well, I'm trying to have discernment in the situation. So I'm going to sit right here. Now, don't rock the boat too much. Yeah, it's a boat. I don't want it to tip over, so don't, whoa, 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 whoa. It's getting up kind of high. It's a little bit down. See, we want to stay in our comfort zone. And how many knows that if you're going to really have faith in Jesus, it's going to require you to get out of the boat. So let me kind of modernize this a little bit. My friend of mine, or I guess I could say more than a friend, but a, a pastor, a four-square pastor that was highly respected in our denomination for years. And no one could tell stories like this guy. This guy was a storyteller, and he was just had great personalities. I loved him. I loved his book. I loved everything about him. And he told this story, this story that sent that, it's similar to this passage of Scripture. But he said he was getting on, he was going to take a trip. And so this trip that he was going to take was on a seven-passenger airliner. Okay, and so as they were sitting on the runway, they got the report that there was going to be a heavy storm ahead. And so he was thinking, okay. So they had to sit and wait for a little bit. And it seems like the storm was coming in more and more. You could feel the wind. I think he said that the wind was about a 80 miles an hour wind blowing in. So then he hears the report that, okay, it's clear for you to go. You can go ahead and go. And he was saying, like, what? What do you mean? Go in this storm? And somehow he wanted to cry out and say, no, 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 no. I think I'll stay here. But instead, he had to put his trust in the pilot, and so they get up, and they're going in the storm. So can you imagine the flame plies at 120 miles an hour? You got wind blowing 80 miles an hour towards you. So he said, do your calculation. We're probably flying about 40 miles an hour. And so uh, it began to get darker and darker, and the plane was just fighting against this and going, and there's just, there's thought, oh man, I'm going to die. I'm going to die in this storm. We're going to crash. And then he looks out the window and he sees Jesus standing out on the wings. And he says, come on. And then he's, you can imagine saying, okay, now wait a minute. Uh, is that really you, Jesus? Yeah, it's me. Come on. And and he, we have this temptation. Now, why is it different, you know, of this situation than the boat situation? Think about that for a second. Well, in the boat situation, walking on water, you're still on land. You're on water, but there's still, you're still sinking in. But now you're up in the skies, and somehow you know when you jump out, there is nothing. There is no earthly reality. And so 
I thought about that for a second. You know, sometimes we put our faith, so we put our faith in God, but we still kind of fall back into the reality. You know, the reality of what this world is. And the truth is, we've got to keep coming back into our mind. The truth is, reality is the Word of God. Because everything was created, again, as I said earlier, by His spoken Word. He spoke the Word and it came into existence. So that is reality. But because we're living in this fleshly body of ours, we, we have eyes and we smell. It's always easier to somehow put a little bit of faith in those things that we see and hear. What our relationship with Jesus and more that that becomes stronger and stronger, the more that we can, we can believe God for anything. We can believe God could do anything. Now, here's the thing that I really want to point out in this story is that Jesus will always come to you in your storms. In your storm, Jesus will come. To you, And those are the most frightening times. And we all go through storms in our life. I mean, even our family's going through some storms. Both of my brother, one of them fighting cancer. The other one lost his son-in-law through commit suicide. And they're going through some really difficult storms in their life. And we, be, we can begin to question, well, God, what, what are you doing? But Jesus is ready to always respond in our time of storm in need. He's saying, here am I. I have never left you. I'm still here for you. And my brother Donnie that had cancer, he called us and he said, guess what? I led my friend to the Lord. Now that's a miracle. That is a miracle. He grew up with his friend. They did a lot of stuff around, you know, they've known him for a long time. But to get to lead his friend to the Lord, that is a miracle. No matter what happens, whatever God decides to do with Donnie, the one thing that he knows, in heaven, in eternity, he's going to have that friend says, I'm here because of you. Because of you. You see, we get too short-sighted that we don't think about the eternity. And so God wants us to think about our destiny, where we belong. And that leads us to the third point, our destiny. And I'm going to wrap it up with this. Our destiny is to understand that our purpose is to introduce others to Jesus. And it has to come out of a personal relationship with Jesus. I know Jesus. Let me introduce you to him. I've experienced him. Let me tell you all the stuff he's done for me. Instead, we hear this a religious circle that may say, well, here's Jesus. Give your heart to Jesus. And people want to say, no, I want more than that. They want to be, they want to hear you say, I know Jesus personally and I want to introduce him to you. He's an awesome God. That is our, our purpose, 
our destiny, everything that we do here on earth is to please Jesus. It's all, that's our mission. Just as Jesus' mission was, Jesus' mission was to come and die on the cross for us. And he kept focus on that, even though he had all these obstacles that he had to fight through the flesh, he continued to keep his focus on the Lord. He said, Lord, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. So we need to come to this place. It's not about us. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. It's about people coming to know Jesus. Everything that, that Jesus does, every miracle that Jesus does is the point, is to give glory to the Lord. So, having said that, I believe that Jesus wants to heal. He wants to bring miracles to each and every one of us. And the greatest miracle of all is to come and know Jesus. I, I have got to experience that firsthand. I've told the Lord over and over, Lord, I want to see a miracle. I, I want to see you do something. This last year, God gave me that request. He turned my son's life around 180 degrees. I saw a miracle right before my eyes. God healed my son and he turned him around. And now he is so out for Jesus. And every day that I take a walk with him, I'm reminded of a miracle that he has performed. And the miracle that he is performing my son and he will spend eternity with me in heaven. And that is the greatest miracle that I could ever uh, could imagine and hope for. And so, you see, that is what Jesus is after. He's after, number one, have a relationship with him. He wants us to know him intimately. And number two, he wants us to be in tune with him that we will only do miracles that God, we will only pray for miracles that according to God's will and his plan. And we got to understand that we don't, so many people, even the unbelievers are so quick to say, yeah, I'll pray for you. Yeah, I'll pray for you. That seems to be a common phrase. When somebody happens on social media, I'll pray for you. That's a common phrase. But what it really should settle in our heart, yes, I'll pray that Jesus will have his will done. He will show me how to pray. That's what the Holy Spirit job is. To bring us to this place that we're totally in tune to what God is doing. That is our purpose. That is our destiny. That is what God wants us to do. Did you know, I'll close with this one phrase. Did you know that all the miracles that Jesus did, they were not in the church? There was a few. I can name maybe two or three. But majority of the miracles were done outside of the temple. So we get this mindset that all the miracles that Jesus does needs to be done in the temple. Really, it doesn't need to be done in the church. It needs to be done outside of the church. Where you, wherever you are in your place. When you see a person uh, in a grocery store, when you see a person in a restaurant, I remember reading this testimony of this person that drove up in the drive-thru and he saw that the person that was given 
her food through the window was crying. And he said, one word, ma'am, I can see you struggling. Would it be all right if I prayed for you? And he prayed for her right there in that drive-thru, and God did a miracle. God brought this lady to the Lord. She put her faith and trust in the Lord. God is real because she made a vow with God. God, if you really love me, if you really care, show me that you care today. God showed us. You see, we can do nothing without Jesus, without God, but God won't do anything without us. It's not that he can. He can, but he won't. Why? Because he wants us to be a part of him and what he is doing. So that requires our responsibility. That gives us how we should pray. I'm going to pray that God's will be done. And I'm going to do only what I hear Jesus saying and doing. And that Jesus wants to include me in everything that he's doing. Amen. I'm going to ask uh, uh, Rebecca, come on up, and we'll close with this song. But as you, I want to just challenge you to come to this place that you, you really understand what it is. It's not about, this is not a religion. This is not, you know, a formula. But this is about making a new commitment to Jesus. You say, Jesus, I humble myself before you that I want to know you more. And I want to be able to sing that song. Some of you old folks remember this song, but I keep falling in love with him over and over again. He keeps getting sweeter and sweeter as the days goes by. I keep falling in love with him over and over and over again. And that should be our mandate. And we don't get so distracted. Everything that's going on, God wants to rise above those situations, those storms, those circumstances, and he wants us all to be skywalkers. He wants us to be skywalkers. He wants us to be up there with Jesus. Nothing's going to get me down because I'm with Jesus. Jesus is going to take me through Yes, with Jesus, there is nothing to fear. I can go through every storm, every situation that's ahead. I don't know what is ahead, but I know that Jesus is with me. So I can do all things through Christ. I can, I can have my relationship with Jesus, and we're, we're going to be skywalkers. So that's our destiny, to be skywalkers. Amen. Amen.